Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. Hello friends, welcome back to part four of my What's Royal Marines Commando Training Really Like series, in which we're going to be discussing the commando phase. Before I go any further though, what do you think of the studio? For this, uh, or for some of this I should say, I'd like to thank my Patreons. Uh, who pay £2 a month to be part of my inner circle, as it were, and support me in my work. For that, for that £2, you get to meet me, to come to my annual talk, drinks afterwards, you get a monthly video update on everything that's going on in the Chris Rules world, you get a monthly life skills video, all my books for free, and a whole load of other perks. If you're thinking of joining the military, you definitely should pay that £2 a month. It's less than the price of a cup of coffee. Come on board the team and let's go forward together, hey? The Marines are an amphibious assault force, as I'm sure you probably know by now. And in this part of training, you go to pool and you board, first of all, rigid raiders, which are the Marines' powerful speedboats. You bomb around Pool Harbour, doing all kind of drills. You do cross-decking, so two speedboats or two raiders will come alongside. They're doing sort of 40, 50 mile an hour, and you have to jump from one to the other or chuck your Bergen across or pass your weapon, this sort of thing. And what they, what the coxswains were doing, uh, that's the drivers, right, were doing when we were doing our training, is they were jumping over each other's wakes and they'll fly through the air for a good 10 maybe 15 meters one time i was in a raider and as it launched off i slipped forward off the foam cushion seat and when it smacked down compressed my spine basically shoved my ass up into my head where it has been ever since now you'll do a 12 mile load carry at this stage in training, what are Marines famous for? Yomping with heavy weight, normally uphill, and always when it's raining. That's just what we do, right? Get used to, you'll get some blisters on, uh, on that load carry. Maybe with the new boots, that'll be a lot less. Someone can maybe inform us in the comments. Uh, sea survival training. I'm not going to talk about that. I did sea survival training when I did, um, when I went on ship. I was on an aircraft carrier for a year, right? Brilliant year. And you do sea survival and damage control and you do the full firefighting course. You go in the damage repair unit and it's a, it's part of a ship's hull and it's on hydraulic rockers and it rocks around with you, maybe there's 10 of you inside, and then they pump water in through all these holes in, in the uh, bulkheads, the walls, right? And 
as quick as you can. You've got to hammer wedges uh, into these holes. I'll tell you a funny thing, actually. Little dip. When we did our course, you do it at HMS Rally. We, uh, I had a guy on, a fellow Marine called Rich on the course, right? And one thing they tell you at HMS Rally is you're not allowed to call it a hard hat. Got to call it safety helmet. And we all knew this. We they tell you about fifty times in in the first day, right? So on the second day, we're all fell in, and this chief petty officer comes out. And it's funny. The Navy they kind of love the Marines, but they also kind of hate hate us as well. And he comes out and he goes, "Right, fellas, what's this?" And Rich goes, "The hard hat." And we all knew he was taking the piss, right? This chief didn't, obviously. And the next day, um, this PO, this petty officer says, Right, fellas, this is a wedge. What do you think this is used for? Rich says, Wedging? <laughs> right, moving on. Uh, it says here, visit the Royal Marines Museum. I don't think you will, because I think they sold it, or at least they sold the building. Again, someone enlighten us. Uh, Six-mile speed march. Now, that is a memorable moment in training. S keep going for six miles at that 10-minute mile pace. You'll be hanging out, but when you, get, uh, when you finish, you get your cap comforter. No longer do you have to wear the aircraft berry, the Blackberry, which is what Royal Marines wear if they're not commandos. So the band will wear this. And the old boys from the Second World War era, they some of them will wear the Blackberry. Because they were Royal Marines, but they weren't commandos, right? Now, everybody is a commando unless you're in the band. So you get rid of your aircraft carrier hat and you get your cap comforter, which is what the commandos wore in the Second World War, hey, I'm a poet and I don't even think about it. What the commanders wore in the Second World War when they went behind the enemy lines, say up there in Norway, to kind of smash, you know, Hitler's uh, installations. And it's it's just a much cooler thing to wear around camp. And all the other recruits look at you and they think, oh. I want to be at that stage of training, right? Unless, of course, they already are, then probably don't think anything. Cliff assault and rope techniques. Bogging tour. This is a place on Dartmoor. It'll be wet, it'll be cold. And cliff assault, obviously, because we're amphibious force, we need to know how to get up cliffs when we come off the rigid raiders. Um, what I didn't mention when we did the Rigid Raiders is we also did the landing craft. Like you see in Private Ryan, right? Saving Private Ryan, where the front goes down, you charge ashore. The corporal said to us, fellas, we're going to be doing landing craft today. We'll be running ashore onto the beach, attacking the enemy position. Now, I need to tell you, our neighbours around here, the civilians, get really upset uh, at the amount of screaming that we do. 
So can I ask you, please, when you leave the landing craft, can you make as much noise as possible? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. And those landing craft, sometimes they don't get right up to the beach and the uh, ramp goes down and, and you're looking and everyone's got fingers crossed. Is it on the beach? Is it on the, I mean, it's never gonna be right on the beach, but you're better to step into six inches of water than six feet, right? And uh, sometimes they purposely don't go anywhere near the beach. Sometimes they just can't get to the beach. So you can jump in up to there and coming back, they do a hot extraction. So you're an all round defense on the beach or as my buddy, good friend of mine, Dirk Steele uh, would say, Dirk sponsors me lots and lots of money for my charity uh, challenges. When I ran the length of the UK, and was it September, I did a quadruple Ironman. He's a good man, Dirk. Go on his page on Facebook, tell him Chris Thrall sent you, and you will get a complimentary slice of cake in the post. But yeah, what am I saying? Dirk, hot extraction, all round defense, or as Dirk calls it, all around the fence. <laughs> so you're in all round defense, covering your arcs, protecting the landing craft as it comes in. When you get the shout from the skipper, you peel off one by one and you run on board. And if you're the last guy, like I think you'll see in the photo, I, I, I was. And I'm laughing because as the skipper's pulling away off the beach as fast as I, he can, I'm having to wait deeper and deeper to get, in, get inside. Royal Marines humour. Cliff assaults at Fog and Tour. You go up to Fog and Tour and you do a lot of abseiling, a lot of climbing, and at one point they put a harness on you and you lean back with your feet against the cliff like that, you're le leaning back, it's a bit like what, what you might see on SES Who Dares Wins, one of, one of those kind of challenges. And they put a roller on the cliff top and the cliff is quite, it's quite a high cliff and your oppos are up there and when they're told to go, they will pull that rope as fast as they can. They call it roller haulage. And they will pull you up this 50, 60 foot cliff and you've got to run as fast as you can or you'll get dragged, right? And they're trying to get you, of course, to cream in when you come over the top. And everybody in my troop did except one guy. Have a guess who that was. I was just dead set that they're not going to get me to cream in. So as I came up the cliff, I just carefully placed my foot on the top. Um, and that way I was able to, to keep my balance. You do a water, water cool obstacle crossing or river crossing. That's where you, you waterproof the kit in your Bergen, which should always be waterproofed in at least a black bag anyway. That holds the air in. Then you take all your clothes off, you put it inside to keep dry, put your boots in, and then you just go across in your boxers with your weapon on top of your bergen and, and you swim across. Is it hard? Not massively. Depends if there's a big current, if you're crossing a river, right? If there is, you should have a rope 
a rope to pull yourself over. Specializations brief. I was asked about this. In training, they'll try to almost scam you to go and do one of the shittier jobs. Um, for example, not saying this is a shitty job, driving. It's a well-respected job in, in the core. Obviously, you need drivers. But what they don't tell you is if you become a driver straight out of training, then you're not getting experience in a commander unit. And why did you join the Marines? Well, you joined to be in a commander unit and go and, you know, do um, roughy-tuffy stuff, isn't it? Or maybe even go to war. You didn't join to go straight on a driving course. Um, just, just warning you off about that. European, oh, and there'll be other um, other trades as well. They call it pinging you. They'll try and ping you for. I would just say, no, put down your first choice of commander unit. I'll put down the one closest to my home, 4-2 commando, but also because I knew we'd be going straight to the Northern Ireland conflict. And then put your second choice. All of us got our first choice. I don't know how that is these days. Live firing, that's great fun. Individually, your corporal will tap you on the shoulder, you'll patrol forward up on Dartmoor, maybe going up a river gully, up to your knees in water, and targets will have been posted round the corners. And when you see one, raise your, you raise your weapon and fire a couple of shots at it, right? Great fun. The... Um, it goes up through section attacks. My buddy Pete uh, was in Iraq. He landed with his section, just his section, on the Alfar Peninsula. And they were ambushed by 170 Fedayeen fighters. So eight Marines. Yeah. Eight Marines against 170 rebel fighters, right? And Pete just immediately put his section into a trademark section attack. That's where four of you go to ground, lay down covering fire. The other four pepper pot forward. Then they go to ground, lay down covering fire. The other four pepper pot forward. Or you can do it, just do it in pairs, right? And those enemy that they didn't kill, they took prisoner. And uh, Pete got one of the highest awards for gallantry for that. And then you can do that at troop level. When you're doing it at troop level, you have your GPMGs and your machine guns off to one side. And what they'll do is they'll lay down fire on the position. And as you approach in your sections, maybe pepper pot in the sections, to attack, say, the enemy trench on the top of a top of a hill. What what the machine guns will do is they'll switch fire. So they're firing at the enemy, that keeps the enemy's head down. So they can't get up and get rounds off it at, at the troops approaching. And what the GPMs G, GPMG gunners do is when they get the signal, they'll just switch like that and they'll fire just to the side of the enemy. The enemy still thinks the rounds are coming in and keeps their head down, but of course you're not shooting your own men as they come up to 
chuck the grenades in the trenches, right? Uh, yeah, Final X. We started Final X at pool, straight into the rigid raiders, all your Bergens on, loads of ammunition, weapons, blacked out or camouflage out. And one of the raiders turned over in Pool Harbor. I don't know if it was doing the jumping thing, but it, or the guy just turned too tightly and it flipped over. And the guys were all chucked into the water. And Andy, good buddy of mine, had the LSW. And I'm not saying he threw it away. I mean, you'd never purposely lose a weapon, right? But let's just say it became detached from his body and it's only going one way, right? The SBS were called out because they're based in Pool to go and find this weapon. They said they didn't find it. Knowing Marines, they probably found it and sold it on the black market. You're not choir boys in the Marines. You need to get over that. It's, you know, if you're a scoundrel, you're going to get on quite well. So, yeah, that was our final exercise. Then we yomped in. We ended up doing this mega yomp over Dartmoor and it was so windy. We had to pair off with somebody else. They had to keep their eye on you to make sure, um, you know, conditions were that bad, wind and rain, that to make sure you didn't go go down or or break your leg and no and and you get left behind, right, or something. This goes on for a few days. You get into the choppers on final exercise. The choppers flying and pick you up, and it's brilliant. The pilots are doing combat flying, so they're really low say as low as five meters to the ground, hugging the ground, flying around the trees, flying up the valleys. And you really do feel like a commando. At the end of final exercise, we um, attack Scraisden Fort, which is a, uh, just outside Plymouth. I think it's on the Cornish side of the border, of the River Tamar and half the troop go in his enemy, the other half attack them. And they, the, the half the troop that's in his enemy barricade themselves in and they get um, a bit like Indiana Jones or something. They've set all these man traps for you. You've got a lot of barrels, big oil drums. When you're trying to attack them, these oil drums are, are coming down on you. I was a radio operator for that exercise and uh, I managed to snap the antenna off the radio as we were yomping towards the fort, so I was praying the troop boss wasn't going to bollock me, and I don't think he really cared. Commando tests. So you come off your final exercise, that's all your exercise training done. Hopefully you've passed it. You should have done, because when you go out on it, you set your goal, you're going to pass. That is your attitude. Don't accept anything less. None of this, oh, see how I get on like the England football team do, right? You are going to pass. End of. And you come off it, you're exhausted. You've got to go straight into your commando tests. Starting, I don't know the order they're in now, but we started with a nine-mile speed march. Absolutely dying. Um... After about a hundred meters, I was exhausted. Just, just nothing left. My legs were exhausted from final X anyway. And I, 
then after that 100 meters, you gotta keep going for nine miles. At the nine mile mark, you've got a second wind. You can drink water on that nine miler. They stop somewhere halfway and you quickly glug some water and then you carry on again. Or you can fill your water bottles up and drink as you're going along. And at the, uh, about the nine mile mark, I got a second wind of a half a mile. I felt brilliant. And then for the last half a mile, it was just the complete opposite. I hit the wall big time. And it was just, you know, do you want a green berry? It's that simple. Do you want it? Because if you want it, you can't stop. You just got to keep going. Very nice at the end, though, because when you go back to Limston, they've got a drummer all in his full blues uniform or, or in Lovett's, and he will drum you back into the camp. And everyone comes out and claps and cheers you. A nice moment. The Tarzan and Assault Course, to start off, you've got, I think, 18 minutes or something to do both courses. It's equally as difficult a commando test as the 9-miler, the endurance course, and the 30-miler. The difference is it's just short, so you end up blowing out, blowing out your backside, right? You start off on the death slide um, one of my offers there had an issue because he was afraid of heights big time and the training team just had to really do a lot of work up there with him to convince him to go down and they were really good you know they weren't going to throw him off or anything and they weren't sh certainly weren't shouting at him they were just talking him through it come on you've come this far just to drop a small you know slide uh, so you come down the death slide, stop, swing back, let go, and then you're running and you don't stop. You go up the Tarzan Assaults course, you climb up it. It's a, it's like a high platform challenge, right? So you're running along at height, jumping across gaps. At one point, you have to dive about six maybe seven or eight feet into a scramble net and you do it by just running along this plank diving through the air punching your fist through the net and then you just hook into the uh, to the net like that and then of course you climb down to the ground it's it's a real uh, bottle test right uh, you come off the Tarzan course, you do the assault course. You have to do a half, re I think a half regain uh, while you're going around the assault course and so not the full regain that you do for the battle fitness pass out. Just a half, so your feet don't leave the rope. You just come underneath it and then you've got to swing, swing back onto the rope, right? Hope you're making notes. Then once you finish the Assault course, um, there's a series of, there's a, a couple of like tunnels that you have to go through and then huffing and puffing, hopefully you've, you've passed, right? Not hopefully, what are we saying? That's a wishy-washy word. You will have passed. The endurance course, this was my nemesis. I hadn't managed to pass it despite two attempts 
you wake up in the morning, it's frosty if you did it the time I did, February. You go and collect your weapon from the armory, all this, what do you call that, vapour, mist is coming out of your mouth, right? You have an early breakfast and then you, in your three-man teams, you have to yomp up to Woodbury, wearing all your fighting order, carrying your weapon. Some guys wear, wear knee pads, but they just ended up becoming a bit of an embuggerance, right? Your, your fighting order, you bungee it around you. You get bungees you, and you literally put it around you. You're trying to stop it jiggling up and down. So that jiggling will rub all the skin off your spine. Call it webbing burns. Some lads have webbing burns all the way down their back, you know. Real deep, red, raw cuts. And the danger there is if they get infected, you're, you risk getting back troops, right, while you get better. So you bungee your webbing, you, you put your weapon down over your back, and you have the sling down here and here, put straight down over your back, and someone will put the bungee around your, your weapon for you. Or, actually, while you run the endurance course, you have it on your front so you can take it off for when you go through the smarty tubes, right? But then you can put it over your back. I always used to just run with one hand holding the weapon down against my weapon and just run with the other the other hand. So you're up there in your three-man team. The corporal has got stopwatch. Go! Off you go and you and if you're like me you just watch the other two run on ahead because I was just awful at running. And of course you've got to keep up with them because when you get to the smarter tubes you need to be in your three um, your three-man team for the required evolution. First you go through Peter's Pool. If you're first through in the winter, you've got to smash the ice, and then you're up to there. Weapon above your head, just wading across it as fast as you can. You're not thinking about the cold, that is secondary. You're just gonna get across. Get out the other side and it's a steep uphill, and you just power up it. But this time you weigh twice as much. Well, your kit weighs twice as much, if not more, because it's soaking wet. You've got to just power on through and everything inside you just wants to stop, right? You hit the smarty tubes, weapons on top of this concrete bridge. The tubes are six foot, seven foot tubes that go, go underneath this culvert. And of course, there's water flowing over top. So basically, you're going underwater into a tube that's only that wide. And your buddy, your oppo is pushing you through. Your other oppo is just grabbing, he's reaching in the other end and he's grabbing anything he can. So he's gonna grab your hair, if you've got any hair at this stage. He's gonna grab your jacket, he's gonna grab your webbing. If he can grab your ear, he'll just pull you out, uh, pull you out by your ear. And that's it then, then it's all individual. So this guy will run off, this guy will run off, and you've just gotta head down and go for it. Then you've got a series of tunnels they're different now, they look quite uh, Gucci, these tunnels, but when I went through, they were corrugated iron, and they'd all half collapsed, So, and, and they had water running through them, so a river stream diverted to run through. So you're crawling through these tunnels, you've got about literally that much room when you're crawling. Water's that deep, so you've got to put your mouth up to breathe above it, 
and you just got to inch through and some of them were 50 meters if not longer long right full of stones that are cutting you animal shit snakes you name it you just got to power on through you're conscious you don't want to get your weapon dirty because you've got to shoot 10 rounds when you get back that's part of the test but to be honest you don't really care you're just chucking that weapon ahead of you so you can just get through this course as quick as you can you get out on the road you've done four mile walk up you've done the two mile course now you've got to run four miles back to camp you've got to do all of this for the two second stages in 72 minutes when you hit that road that is when you become a commando you put your head down clamp your weapon against your side and you just start running and you run and you run and you don't stop I'm gonna do another video on that because it was my hardest thing and I had to decide do I want a green berry do I really I've come 30 weeks through training am I gonna give up now because I struggle with it but obviously I got through I didn't have to do a rerun um, yeah run back to camp, run straight down to the rifle range. They let you pull your weapon through that you put a bit of cloth on a string through the barrel to clean out any muck, a light oil, and that's it. You're either gonna put 10 shots on the target or none. What I mean is, it's not far away. You're either gonna get a stoppage or you're not. And to run that and get a stoppage just must be a nightmare. Fortunately, I got the 10 shots on the target the target 30 miler you get a day off we got a day off on the sunday and we did the 30 miler on the monday you go to oakhampton battle camp wake up early in the morning big fried breakfast you put on your fighting order and your weapon you grab a safety burger with safety equipment and the radio in and that's it you leg it across dartmoor all across the high ground it could be snowing, it could be raining, it could be windy, doesn't matter. You've got eight hours. If you miss it by three seconds, you do that 30 miles, even if it's even if it's heavy snow, you do it in eight hours and three seconds, you're doing it all again tomorrow. That's how it was for us. Maybe with this thing about needing people for the you know, these bogus wars probably made it easier. I don't know. Again, someone enlightened me. And that's it. You leg it across Dartmoor, literally. It's not hard. It's not massively hard until about the last third. Then you're tired and it just kicks in. And you f I felt like giving up, to be honest. I just thought, I don't know if I just want to do this anymore. But it's crazy, isn't it? You get your commando flashes when you get to the end. I think now they just do that. They they give you green berries early. We just got our commando flashes that the Royal Marines commando flashes that go on your jumpers, right? I think we're allowed to go back and sew, sew them on even though we're, we're still in training. And that last third, yeah, you really got to pull it out of the bag, keep together with your section, get in there and under the eight hours for officers seven hours i think we were seven hours 20 and the last hill just goes on and on and on 
it's what they call false crests. So when you think you're at the top, nah, nah, you go again. Then you think you're at the top, nah, you go again. This happens five or six times and finally you crest this, this mini mountain and then it's just a run down the other side. You hit a, a what we call a metal road in, in the Marines, metal meaning tarmac run across this bridge and there's the training team and the other sections who finished before you stood there clapping you in and that is it if you've passed all your commando tests at that point i.e you don't have to do any reruns reruns will take place the next day uh, then you are a raw marines commando uh, your last week is drill polishing all your equipment and cleaning up your blues and get it you know cleaning your rifle and ready to go out on that parade square where all your family is going to be invited for your pass out parade before the parade itself you go in the globe theater and your company commander will do a quite a moving speech telling your families what good eggs you are and the difficulties you come through. These young men have faced the real challenges of infantry training and subsequently the commando corps. And having been through that training myself as a young junior Marine at 16 and a half, 17 years of age, I know what they have had to endure. Now one at a time they call you forward to get your berry presented. waiting to get your berry, your troop commander would do a speech about you and he said, Marine Thrall, cope well with all aspects of commando training. <laughs> I thought, did I? <laughs> and that's it. And then you go back to your accommodation, stow your berry in your locker, put on your blues, put on your peak cap, all polished up. You might have a piff, the, the white piff helmet, you know, the fireman's helmet. Grab your weapon, form up outside, and this is your big moment. This is what 32 weeks of the hardest military training in the world has led you to, and this is your moment. The band form up in front of you, the Royal Marines band. These guys look amazing got all their instruments obviously they've got some dude who looks like he's just come out of Congo with a big drum and uh, this like they've got lion skin or tiger skin throws over them you know uh, looks like they've all been down the charity shop <laughs> do you know what I mean to pick up the tiger skin and cheetah <laughs> fox a stool <laughs> but yeah they do look the business and then all your families there sat down on the edge of the parade square in these you know 
what are they called? Stools. And that's it. You march on, you do your, um, what do you call it, your interaction as a troop, you do all this special formation work. Fire off three rounds. Not uh, real rounds, of course, because you don't want to take your mum out. And uh, then you hear the immortal words that you've waited all this time, eight months or. Roll the reins! Do your duty! Let will crack! Fuck! that's it, off you go. You march off to your commander units. Well, you don't march all the way. Mama's in Plymouth. Uh, you jump in a car. Right, friends, thank you for watching. I'll see you next time. Friend, thank you for watching my video. I'm the only person I know that has ticked every item off my bucket list. And I did so coming back from chronic addiction with no help from anybody. Now I want to pass those skills on to you, but I can't help you unless you help me and hit the subscribe button. So please do so and let's go and smash this world together. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username... Chris Thrall. Instagram, Chris.Thrall. Thank you.